0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. As you said when we were texting yesterday, a better late than never with Tywon Malone. I yep. uh, looked like he was going to be a Buckeye a couple years ago. Young man out of Jersey, one of the top D-tackle recruits in the country. In the 2021 class, went to Old Miss. Um We'll get into what we expect his impact to be here in a little bit. Just your general thoughts on the Buckeyes landing, Tywon Malone and the portal backs.
1: Uh, This is a kid that two years ago was fixated on being able to play baseball as well as football, and that's why we didn't get him originally. Um, He was like a number 60 overall player in the country. He was the number one player in the state of New Jersey. He was a dynamic, high-end, defensive tackle prospect, and he went to Ole Miss because he was told he could do both. Now, Ole Miss won the College World Series last year. I think he had like – nine at bats or something like that the whole year. So I think you realize it, this isn't maybe the sport I should be focusing on. And if I'm going to focus on football, I might as well get the heck out of Ole Miss and go to a real-time school where I'm going to develop and be a big-time guy. So for the second time this, uh, this offseason, Ohio State has hit the portal, robbed Ole Miss of one of their – New Jersey uh, talents, and now he's here in Columbus, and I fully expect Malone's going to be in our top four rotation at D-Tackle. The talent level's just too high. This is a potential acquisition of a high NFL draft pick in a couple years for Ohio State through the portal. You just don't say no to a kid like this if he wants to come.
0: Here's the thing. Okay, so he redshirted his first year at Ole Miss. Okay, now he's trying to play two sports, which is tough, especially um, when you're trying to do that at, you know, At the D1 level, it's tough enough if you're trying to do that at the major D1 level. It's tough enough if you're trying to do that like at the MAC or D2 level. Um, But redshirt's his first year. Last year, plays in all 13 games Taiwan Malone does for Ole Miss as a backup. Total of 10 tackles all season, five solo, one sack. Also, one tackle for loss, which was the sack. It's not like he had a separate tackle for loss. Those really should be separate categories, in my opinion, but I digress. So, 10 tackles, one sack all year. We really think he's going to come right into Ohio State and make a big impact this year.
1: I think he will. I absolutely think he will. I think he'll arrive and he'll be one of our rotation guys. And I think he'll be behind the top three, but here's why. Uh, it's not like this guy is like a baseball player that was playing left field or center field and was it also happened to play football and be a wide receiver. I mean, this is a D-tackle. You're trying to actively add as much weight while maintaining agility as you can in that position. So if you're spending time concerned about your baseball physique, it's going to negatively impact your ability to really maximize what you can beat. The kid's arriving at Ohio state shortly. He's going to end up working with coach Mick all summer. This is a guy who I think he's going to be a rotation player by the uh, latest midpoint of the year. uh, If I'm being conservative, we have some good young players. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some of these good young guys behind the top three uh, that are going to make a a difference in the future for Ohio state. But yeah, unless hero canoe literally is a hero, I don't see how we keep Malone off the field. I think he's going to come in. He's going to push everybody right away. And he's only going to be like a boulder rolling downhill as he gets better and bigger and stronger. So, yeah, I I think this is a guy that simply wasn't focused on football at Ole Miss the way he could have been. And you know, this is a 24-7 year-round thing now for him with football at Ohio State. So, instantly, is he going to come in and have 10 sacks and be the greatest D-tackle in the country? No, but he's going to be a contributor right away in my mind. I just don't see any other way. There's too much talent and there's too much ability.
0: Yeah, the top three are set. We agree with that. You know, Tyreek Williams, um, I like that they have, like, bigger D-tackles now. That's uh... – the trend yeah. with L- LJ has had like the undersized D tackles. Don't like that. and having a few is fine. Like I love Mike Hall. He's undersized, but so quick and so strong. I think he's going to have a big year if he stays healthy. So Tyleek Williams, Mike Hall, um, Ty Hamilton's end is going to be the number three guy. And then, yeah, I think Tywon Malone, if I had to bet, will be the number four. But, I, you know, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I wouldn't rule out Hero Canoe. A lot of talent. McKenzie now, as well. Yeah, but especially Hero Canoe. I mean, uh, he's only been playing football four or five years. This was the first time he went through spring because He didn't enroll till last June. Big kid. Mm. Um, in fact, he's actually dropped a little bit. away. he came in about three fifteen, he's actually trimmed down a little bit. I think that my point is, I think that'll be a good battle for the final spot on the two deep between Hero Canoe and Tywon Malone. But I'll say this: I don't want to rain on the parade. I love getting Tywon Malone. They needed another quality depth piece at D tackle. You know, I mean, if you're, I don't know if they were convinced Hero Canoe was going to be, you know, ready to be on the two deep. Now they have another guy who's at least played. You know 13 games in the SEC last year. Well, not all in the SEC, but played eight SEC games and then you know a few against Citadel and William and Mary and stuff like that. Uh, okay. The November uh, cupcake, right? right. And yeah, they have a September cupcake and a November cupcake always. They're little, they're a little second SEC. Bi- it's just, it just means more.
1: You got to have more birthday cake
0: or second <laughs> bye bi- week, man. Okay, I want to get into this. So Malone's now the eighth player, eighth scholarship player. Ohio State's landed from the portal this offseason. Talk about Mm -hmm. a sea change in philosophy. It needed to happen. I'm so glad it did. I was hoping they'd land like five or six. They landed eight scholarship guys. So Malone and the three big ones in whatever order. Josh Simmons at offensive tackle. That was a big one. Davis and Igbenosan. Davis and Igbenosan, I think, is going to be a star here. That was a big one. Um, Jihad Carter was the other one that was a big one. Those are the three biggest ones. But they also got Vic Cutler, who's at the worst, going to be the backup center. He can play different positions. Good depth piece on the O-line. Lorenzo Stiles Jr. of course playing corner mm-hmm. gives them an eighth scholarship corner. Tristan Gebbia again. Some of these guys are depth pieces, but that's why I said the big three are Simmons, Igbonosa, and Carter. But Tristan Gebbia gives them you know an experienced quarterback if things you know if stuff hits the fan. I don't know. Do, would Ohio State ever be down to their third string quarterback and need him to bail them out in the playoffs or anything? I don't know. Maybe uh, Tristan Gebbia coming in and then long snapper John Furlman from Arizona State on scholarship. We saw what happened when Brad Robinson got hurt last year and then Mason Arnold was over long snapper and forgot they were even doing a a fake punt against Michigan. So the long snapper, people don't think about the long snapper until they do. So apparently John Furlman's a a pretty good long snapper. He's on scholarship. My point is, backs Ryan Day, Mark Pantone, and the staff knocked it out of the park with the portal this offseason. Yeah, and long
1: snapper, uh, you know, every time that comes up, I always think about when I was a student at Ohio State and the long snapper is a guy named Drew Norman, and I had classes with him. And um, yeah. Yeah, and Drew once said, the fewer people who know my name, it means the better I'm doing my job. So I was like, all right, that's a good point. <laughs> so anyways, uh, back to the portal. Uh, so there, here's the reality with the portal. And I wrote about this in the bucket of bullets this past week. Every program at the top of the ladder, like Ohio State, has to do this sort of stuff because of the way that instant transfers are now, because of the way that you're going to be able to improve your team free agency style. Um, And because of the gap that you have between essentially three tiers of program, you got the big two, which is the SEC and the big 10. Then after that, it's, it's the ACC, what used to be the power five. Right. And then it's everyone else below that. And that's like the straight up minor leagues. So there's sort of big boys, and then there's the actual big boys who have all the money, who are going to win most of the games, who have all of the desire, right? And this is what happens is is that whenever you have overcrowding in some position groups, you're going to have guys leave like the Calebs did, right? And they're going to end up going to really good schools. But on the flip side, whenever you have spots you've missed in recruiting out of high school, guess what you can do? You're going to take a guy at a place like San Diego State, right, who had offers from everybody in the country to come – and he was an Oregon commit, Simmons was. He was supposed to go to USC. Everybody, it was a who's who. The big names wanted him. So now he went in San Diego State, overperformed for where he was, and he's looking to move up. Well, guess what? That's how this is going to work going forward. The guys that overperform at these lower schools are going to move up. All right? That's just how it goes. Syracuse is another one of these with Jihad Carter, right? He overperformed at a school. That is a mid-school in a mid-conference and wanted to go to a big-boy conference. Well, that's how it works. All the NIL money is now at a place like Ohio State or the SEC and Big Ten schools, especially at the top. Ole Miss is at the bottom of the SEC pecking order. And Aikman Benoson wanted to go to a big-time school. He could have easily just has gone to Georgia or he could have gone to Alabama or he could have gone to one of the big names there, too. But he came to Ohio State. This is how you fill holes in the roster. We just probably have a starting tackle. We probably have a starting safety. We probably have a starting corner, probably probably our number one corner, all out of the transfer portal. And then you probably have a couple rotation guys at other positions and a starting snapper, of course. Can't forget our snapper. This, This is how it goes now, right? If you have a gap in your lineup and you are an elite program like Ohio State, you literally look and go, hmm, who do I want? You're not going to see any more days, Dave, in my mind. And let me ask you this. I don't think you'll ever see another first-round pick out of the MAC or the Sun Belt or those kind of schools. I think those kids that overperform at these lower levels and overperform their star ratio at a high school, they're not going to be the Larry Englishes and the Chad Penningtons that are first-round picks that emerged from these lower schools. Eric Fishers, right? I think Ohio State – yeah. How'd you, how'd, you miss,
0: how'd you miss your boy Ben Roethlisberger? There? The only exception I would say, I think you're right, especially if a guy breaks out early, of course. If for some reason a guy comes in, doesn't play or gets hurt and then breaks out his third year in the MAC, that'd be the exception of the rule. But you're right. We're not going to maybe every once in a while we'll see one, but we're not going to see. Not that, we, not that we saw a ton in the past, but you're right. If a guy has a big year, he's just going to transfer unless all of a sudden he has his breakout year when he's draft eligible.
1: Or you may have a situation where a kid gets in trouble somewhere, doesn't do well, then falls down the ladder, right? But right. if you look this year, the max, I think they had one pick that was higher than the sixth round, and it was like a fourth round. The Sun Belt was the same way, right? Man. All these kids that overperform these lower levels are going to get vacuumed up the transfer portal. So unless you have some kid that's incredibly loyal to a program that, you know, he's probably overperforming their station that's not going to happen anymore. And that's just the way it is. And candidly, that's what, uh, as Ohio State fans, they should be thrilled this is the route they're taking. Ohio State is now using the portal as the weapon that it should be for a school with all of their advantages.
0: Mm -hmm. And the NIL I'm hearing is, uh, I know I'm not the only one hearing it, NIL is making a big impact here because these kids know. um, I mean, it's been a big change. I think initially these kids were like, oh, kids are getting upfront money. I want upfront money, you know? And then it was like, They realize, first of all, there can be some bait-and-switch there, like the kid that was offered millions at Florida, the quarterback, and then they they took that offer away. They didn't pay him. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to give you millions, except, nah, we're not going to give you anything. Um, Kids have realized there's bait-and-switch, and and they know for a fact, because they can talk to Ohio State's current players um, and other recruits, once you enroll at Ohio State, they're going to take care of you. Not like, you know, six months down the road, like, right away, you're going to get taken care of, and they know it. And I'm hearing with these transfers – it is definitely helping. All right, so I did a hit on ninety-seven-one a little bit before we came on. They were asking me this, so I'm going to ask you this. We're talking about transfers, everything we're talking about, and they asked me, are they done in the transfer portal? Facts, are they done in the transfer portal, portal this offseason?
1: I think so. I think Malone was the last piece that we were looking at here. Um, I, what do we say after spring ball, that we're still going to find an offensive tackle because there wasn't a lot of faith in the uh, – in in the right tackle options here. Um, I think that they're comfortable. Vic Cutler was Carson Hintzman insurance in retrospect, right? So they've already gotten their, their offensive line depth fixed. We were worried about O-line depth in January, especially after losing Luke Whipler, which, oh gosh, I wish he could have a take back on that. I know. Um, But anyways, um, I, I think that the defense has upgraded notably in numerous positions, right? They got that eighth scholarship corner in styles and he's a guy that repped at corner a lot this spring for notre dame so maybe there'll be less of a learning curve for him to try to be an impact player they brought in a guy in jihad carter who's he he was awesome at q's last year and he's fighting to get on the field so it's a good sign for the talent level we have you know they got a who's going to be a starter here for ohio state to land another transfer portal guy right now it would have to be something that was like whoa he was there in the portal sort of deal Like so, it would have to be a unique situation for me to believe that they're going to they're going to be chasing anymore. Because I think at this point they're going to need to balance to make sure they get back to that roster limit and scholarships. Um, I think on top of that, where are the holes? What are we looking to improve on at this point anymore? Right? I feel pretty comfortable with their penciled in offensive line starters now that they have Simmons. I I think the D line looks fantastic, Um, and the depth is good there. Uh, the linebackers are what they are, and you got some really good young guys that are going to be backups that hopefully can force their way into the field a little bit more uh, behind Chambers and Eichenberg. You got the safety position looking real solid with lots of depth right now at, at all the three safety positions. You got four or five corners. You ought to feel pretty decent about getting onto the field this year. I don't see anywhere that I'm going. You know, we probably need a little help. I just don't see it. I think Ohio State's roster is in a great spot right now.
0: I agree with you. That's the answer I gave. I did give one caveat that if if they did add another one, it wouldn't shock me um, if it was an offensive lineman. Now I'm predicting they're not going to answer or land another one. I think they're done. I agree with you. Cause initially I was told by a source, which we mentioned on the show many, many times. I'm addressing Benjamin from Facebook here. He's asking me a question. Um, As I said in the show, many times I had a source tell me that they were extremely confident. They were going to get a good offensive tackle in the portal. Like, they were like extremely confident they were going to get a good offensive tackle in the portal one, um, and they did. Josh Simmons. I didn't. I wasn't told a name, and I think I even told you guys. Even if I had a name, I probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't tell you. So, yeah. but I was just told, as we mentioned many times on the show, um, that they were very confident they were going to land an offensive tackle, and they did. I was also told they were not ruling out the possibility of going after two. Some people have misquoted me and said that like I said that they were going to land two offensive tackles in the portal. No, I said that they are offensive linemen. I said they were definitely going to land an offensive tackle and don't rule out the possibility of them landing two. So they've landed the one that was definitely going to land. Now, could they land another one? What if they're not sold at center? That'd be the only one I can think of because I think Carson Hinsman going to be good. Is he going to be good this year as a redshirt freshman? Is there a center on the market, though, that they could bring in? I don't know. I think they're done, but I wouldn't rule out another offensive lineman is all I'm saying. I and- think – chance or something like that. 15.
1: I think your scenario of two offensive linemen to me would have been that if there was not somebody like a Simmons with his pedigree and his track record and the overall value of him, if they had missed on a kid like him, I could have seen them taking two and saying, we're adding another couple bodies to this mix and somebody's going to come out of this. I could have seen that. I think that Simmons was probably one of their higher end targets that they could have got I hesitate to say number one, but I know he was very well-liked by the staff, and they're happy to have him. That's a penciled-in starter right there. Um, So if they hadn't landed a kid of that caliber on the O-line, I could have seen two. I really could have. I agree with you. But I don't think at this point they are because I think they're pretty
0: happy with the size of the fish they caught. I agree with you. All right, last thing. I want to get into this because people have asked – us to bring this up on the show and uh, we just have had other topics, but I want to bring this up. Cause I completely believe there should be a statue of Archie Griffin somewhere outside Ohio stadium is what I would do. Um, or somewhere at the whack, they are putting in a new football facility. Eventually it's maybe put on the back burner a little bit for now, but eventually they're going to have their, a new Woody Hayes athletic center. That's just for the football team. Why is there no Archie statue? Back? Huh. I'm blaming you back. Is- no, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: If they gave me the budget at Ohio state, let me tell you what they wouldn't, wouldn't be building would be very different. From what we're doing today, but Hey, let's build another $7 billion of hospital complex. Yeah. Um, but by the way, Dave, I was down there yesterday and cannon drive is a complete construction oh, nightmare. Yep. Nightmare. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Uh, Yeah, let's just put it this way. If Bax was in charge of what had been built around campus the last 20 years, we'd have a lot less uh, soulless high-rises on High Street and a lot more character of all the places that are still there. So somehow all the places I lived when I was a student, all the slums are still there. So that's great. So happy about that. Um, As for Archie Griffin, you know, I I could actually see a statue of Archie Griffin being built uh, at the Alumni Association headquarters, too. That would be another one. remember he was the head of that for a long time. But yeah, it's weird that we don't have an Archie statue. I will agree with you. But think about it: how many statues in general do we have at Ohio State of past football greats? There's
0: Woody. not many. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, Woody. it's, it's just, it just Woody, Woody, right? Yeah, you think it's just Woody, right? Just Woody right. outside
0: the outside the WAC. Yeah, I outside mean, the WAC.
1: There's nothing at the football stadium. You have the All America, the, the 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 Buckeye Grove for the All Americans. And that's really it. It's a little weird we don't have more. Like you could literally have a a, a, a entire like walkway of fame, right? Where here's Archie and you know, he moved the Woody statue, or maybe Woody keeps his statue at the whack, I don't know. And then here's your trestle statue, you know, here's your Urban Meyer statue. I mean Nick Saban already has a statue and he's still coaching at Bama.
0: Tim Tim has a statue at Florida. I mean, yeah. Let's go here. I mean, okay, whatever. But um, we could,
1: no, we could, we could do this all day, though. How many guys should have statues, right? Bobby Carpenter should have a statue hopping off the field with a broken leg. Chick Harley it should just say, "You should just say toughness
0: underneath it," you know? Like Chick, Chick Harley should have a statue. Oh God, Chick
1: Harley's the first one who should. The whole reason we have the horseshoe is because of Chick Harley. Because so Ohio hard? Field, which was sitting up on High Street back in the day, it was overflowed when Harley played, and it was the first time we ever beat Michigan as a program. The house that Harley built is the horseshoe. We still don't have a Chick Harley statue. A little weird, right? It's it's a, you, you, all of our Heisman winners could have statues, right? I mean, Bill Willis should have a statue, right? Like these are all, uh, we could sit here for an hour and talk about all the Buckeyes that ha- should have statues, right? There's a million of them. Uh, just if we were Alabama, we'd have a whole statue grove. But uh, Ohio State doesn't seem to do the statue thing very much. I don't know what to say about it.
0: Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. I appreciate it Bax. You can catch his call every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is the bucket. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go Bucks.